0: Hey, it's Shonda. Now let's talk microformulas. You can try the products that give you whole body support. You've heard me talk about how much they've helped me. Now you can try them too. All you gotta do is use Podcast 15 at checkout for 15% off. That's podcast 15 at checkout for 15% off. Visit microformulas.com.
1: A podcast about life.
0: I mean, that's a struggle, I think, with every single day. Are we good enough? Everything it can throw at you. The only person that can make us happy is ourselves. Real people talking about life's real issues. Oh, yeah, there you go. This
1: (laughs) is Intentionally
0: Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. All right, our series this month is called Hashtag Giving Tuesday. It is in honor of the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, which is the global generosity movement to give back to organizations that transform our communities. Now, this week, we're going to highlight one of my favorite local organizations, Women and Children's Alliance. They are a nonprofit located right here in Boise. Uh, they help women and children who are fleeing domestic violence cases. Now, I've had the honor of helping this organization so many times just in my radio career, and uh, you guys do so many wonderful things. Today, joining the podcast are Laura and Loopy. Girls, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, this is a tough topic This is really is, and you guys, you're angels. I mean, you really are. Like, I've worked with your organization so many different times, and just seeing all the work that you put into the volunteers, I mean, it is, it's a lot. It's a lot on top of just the mental strain of just making sure you want to save everybody, right? You want to save and protect everyone. So I I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate you helping this organization. And I guess, which one of you want to go first? How did you get involved with the Women and Children's Alliance?
1: Hi, Shonda. Thanks for having us. Um, This is Loopy. I started at the WCA in 2019. I actually wanted to volunteer. So I went to a If These Walls Could Talk volunteer tour at that time and then heard a lot about the organization more. And I was like, this is the place I need to be. So I went to go turn in my volunteer application to the front desk and they're like, what's this application for? I'm like... Uh, volunteering and whatever, like, whatever I, whatever I could do. They're like, oh, I thought it was for you know they were hiring for a receptionist at that time, and I was like, well, okay. So I went home, filled out an application, started as the receptionist. I think it was two weeks later, and then um, within six months, I was the department specialist working with the philanthropy and communications team. Um, being in the front, you know, we get a lot of the phone calls. We did a lot of the um, initial um what's the word <laughs> kind of like not trafficking of the phone calls but making sure people got to where they needed like the intake yeah yeah uh-huh. and um you know that like mainly was our hotline a lot of the people still called that main line because they didn't uh know our hotline as as well so shortly after that i think i started in the philanthropy team and now i'm the volunteering events coordinator since may okay. of this year oh wow okay yeah. Yeah. laura what about you Yeah, thanks for having us here too. I'm really excited
2: um, to be here and loopy story is far more exciting than mine, <laughs> I feel. So um, I actually, hopefully everyone can hear, I have a bit of a strong accent. Um, I'm from England originally. I was actually um, in Chicago for five years. I moved to America in 2015. Um, and I was actually working um, as a summer camp director. Um, and before that, I'd actually been a social worker for quite a long time. I worked in uh, child protection, sexual exploitation, and and in the prison service, and I really enjoyed um, working with nonprofits when I was in England. And so um, I met my husband while I was in Chicago. He is conveniently from Boise. Um, and so he said, one day, "I you know, I think the time's right for us to move back. And I said, OK, I'm going to look and see what's out there um, for me to work. And so in January um, of 2020, which was a very exciting time to move uh-huh, and take yeah. a new job, um, um, I accepted a job at the WCA as the philanthropy manager. Um, and so, really, um, that was kind of a passion of mine. I really enjoy helping nonprofits be able to do the work that they want to do through building relationships in our community. And so, I was very, very lucky um, that I got this job and was able to work with our great team. We have a great team over there. And Loopy, um, you know, was with us from the, the start of my journey and um, has then evolved and taken on this new role, too. So, yeah, very, very happy here. Um, it was definitely interesting c- taking up a new job right before the pandemic started. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, especially one at an organization like ours, which, um, you know, saw such significant increases in the need for our services. So we definitely got very busy um, pretty quickly after I'd started. But um, really happy to be here and love Boise and love living in this community. It's a and, great city, and, mm-hmm. isn't it? I've worked with um,
0: one of your coworkers. I mean, Chris Davis. I think mm-hmm. she heads up your communications. Mm-hmm. So I've had um, the honor of working with her on a few events. You guys did the Rockathon a couple of years ago. I couldn't. I was like dealing with some arthritis and a surgery issue. So my morning show partner at the time, he was the one that was a Rockathon and all day. <laughs> but again, such a good cause. You guys do so many uh, events and fundraisers here locally. Now, if you could please, one of you, walk through the process of what it looks like um, at the Women's and Children's Alliance when someone needs your services. How does that, how does that look and what does that look like, I guess?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think um, is the most important information that we can get out there. So as an organization, um, our mission is safety, healing, and freedom from domestic abuse and sexual assault. Um, we, the main route, I guess, into our services, all our services are free, which is the first thing I'll say, is through our hotline. Our hotline um, is operating 24 hours a day by trained client advocates. We will be talking about the hotline a little bit later, but I will just read out um, the domestic abuse hotline is 208-343-7025. And that's really the main route into our services. And so when someone calls our hotline, they can call because they need help right away. They can call because they're not really sure what's happening in their relationship. Maybe they just want to have a conversation with somebody. Um, And they could call as well for advice for someone else too, which is another... You know, we get a lot of calls wondering if a friend or a relative might need or benefit from our services too. And so calling that hotline is really the first step. Um, Everybody on our hotlines is extremely friendly. We're here to listen and work out how we can help you. And then really once um, we've spoken um, to that person on the hotline, that's then about signposting them to the correct services. And we provide safe shelter We also provide a range of community services. So um, our safe shelter, very well known, um, has been around for a a long time now. We actually have two safe shelters, Serena's Home, which is our emergency intake shelter. And I can talk a little bit more about that if we share some statistics. And then Laura's Home, which is our transitional shelter. So we provide four months at Serena's and then an additional three months at Laura's, which is really cool. And so as well as those shelters, We have in our community services, we do case management, clinical services. So that's free counseling for adults and for children. We have support groups. We also do court advocacy. um, We have financial empowerment classes. Case management. Case management. Yeah. yeah. So there's a huge range of services. And really, the best way is through the hotline. The other thing I will just mention is a website. Our website, wcaboise.org, is a great place for research resources. Um, It has so much information on there. We encourage people, you know, maybe if they're not ready to call the hotline to take a look on our website. That's a great way just to find out a little bit more information. And before we get into stats, I want to get into
0: this uh, next. But, you know, the reason why I love your organization so much is because I'm a child who I'm a person who grew up um, in a domestic violence situation. My mom was severely abused by my father growing up. And one thing that came up, one, nobody would ever know that that happened to me. This is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly. Um, But, you know, my mother was severely abused. I'm talking like I've witnessed the most horrific things. I mean, shooting with guns and my mom, like, being doused with kerosene to be caught on fire, like, right in front of my eyes. Like, I'm the one calling 911 as a five-year-old little girl. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I lived that life. And one thing, you know, as I got older – um, cause I mean, this went from the time I was, you know, this was my stepdad. Um, um, they got married when I was like, what, three years old. And this lasted until I was about fourteen. And it was bad. He was an alcoholic. All these things. But one thing when I got old enough to really speak up and say, why do you why are you staying here? Why are you doing this? Because children's services was at our house all the time, and we were being prepped to basically lie uh, about everything, so to keep the family together, right? And, I'd scream, like, why, mom? Why are you staying here? Why are we doing this? And she's like, "It's you'll understand it's too difficult. It's too difficult um, to reach out for help or navigate those systems. And that's what I love about your organization because – you, you guys go to the ends of the earth to make sure that these women and children are protected and I, I, let's dive into the stats because and then obviously go into I guess that whole thing like how difficult is it to get into the system to make sure you are safe and and away from the person that's abusing
2: yeah the first thing I'll say is thank you for sharing your yeah. story No, I, <laughs> I there's a reason behind
0: my passion for what yeah. you guys do
2: because I, I lived it as a mm-hmm. child and I think um, you know It's so powerful when people share their stories because it starts conversations, and that's basically what all of our work is about, especially in philanthropy and communications and outreach. We're trying to get people to have these sometimes difficult conversations about um, domestic abuse, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Those are things that people don't want to talk about, and I appreciate you sharing your story because um, it happens more frequently than it I is. can even remember. And and just having people that are prepared to talk about what happened to them really means that more people will access our services, which is basically what we're trying to do. Just yesterday, I was doing a presentation at another organization and I had three people come up to me and tell me that they'd use their services, uh, our services, excuse me. And that's in a group of about 20 people. Yeah. And so that just kind of gives you an understanding of the breadth of this challenge like domestic abuse is happening all and the, the time and pretending i mean mm-hmm. that, that's my my family we pretended like yep. i would go to school as a great student i was involved mm-hmm. with
0: everything you would never mm-hmm. in a million years think that i experienced mm-hmm. that growing up and that's that's what we're dealing with you yeah. know it's like everybody's pretending to put yep. on this face that everything's fine you have no idea
2: mm-hmm. what people are going through at mm-hmm. home and that's i think that's what's kind of reflected in the statistics that we've seen since um you know really march april time of 2020 so as i kind of alluded to in my introduction um the the increases that we've seen since the pandemic began are some of the most unbelievable things and it's and it's statistics that need to be heard because um I think when the pandemic first began we saw an instant um increase so we went from you know a hundred calls to our hotline um in the month of April 2019 to 300 calls to our hotlines in uh, April 2020. And so that's a significant increase. We know that in 2020, uh, if we look at the complete uh, 2020 for that 12 months, we actually saw a total of an 84% increase in domestic abuse-related calls. So the need was definitely significantly increased. I think there has been, unfortunately, a misconception that Calls are decreasing now, maybe because there's, you know, different things coming out. There's life is somewhat back to normal. Kids are back in school. Kids are back in school. All of these things mean that maybe domestic abuse isn't happening as frequently. That's just simply not the case. An example of that is in June of this year, we had the highest number of calls on record um, in a month to our domestic abuse hotline. Mm. So we had 288 calls that were solely domestic abuse related in June of this year and that's higher than we had in June of 2020 and mm-hmm. so the need is is so significant and it's not just in calls to our hotlines that we're seeing an increased need it's across all of our services so Protection orders that are being filed in court advocacy are up. The number of people accessing our clinical services for counselling have increased significantly because there's definitely an increase in the need for mental health services after the pandemic. Um, I think as well, the other thing I'll talk a little bit about that kind of relates directly to our shelter is emergency intake. So as I talked about before, we have an emergency shelter and a transitional shelter. And in 2019, we were seeing an average of one per quarter of an emergency intake. So that was four for the total of 2019. And an emergency intake means that the severity of someone's situation is so severe that we need to take them right now. Mm -hmm. So maybe their life is in danger. Maybe they have been significantly injured and are coming to us from, you know, one of our great healthcare providers. There's just so many... um, Factors that can lead to it being an emergency intake. Since the pandemic began in March of 2020, we've received 27 emergency intakes. So what we know from this is it's not just the need for an emergency intake. It's also the type of abuse that people are suffering is significantly more intense, more frequent and more dangerous than it was prior Mm -hmm. to that uh, to COVID. And I think that's something that puts a strain on all of our services. Oh, absolutely. Because when that person comes to us, and they've had such a terrible experience, and they have, you know, physical wounds, mental wounds, they need help with, you know, the counseling, they need to get a restraining order. All of these things. Some of them things, have children. Some of them have children. Many of them have children. children. Yeah. And I think that's a great point that you bring up too. It's not just about The individual that's coming, you know, when we talk about 27 emergency intakes, that can be an individual or it can be a family. Mm. So it's actually a lot more people (laughs) that are are coming through. And what this does is it it puts pressure on us to be able to continue at that high level of service because previously we were taking people in off our general wait list. But now those people um, are coming from the, I guess, emergency intake side of things, because they're scoring higher on the risk um, calculators that we do. And so it's really challenging. And there's just a lot of people that need our help right now and continue to need our help, you know, which is why we appreciate doing things like this. And we appreciate, um, you know, great partnerships and relationships that we have the opportunity to build in our community to get the word out.
0: Now, talking about partnerships, what are the needs right now? I mean, obviously, I'm sure money is always a factor mm-hmm. to keep the funds in and going. That's that's always something uh, that is needed with nonprofits, especially to the high level that mm-hmm. you that you all I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm talking courts,
1: yep. financial, housing,
0: <laughs> therapy, the whole mm-hmm. thing. What are some needs uh, at Loopy? I know you're head of uh, volunteers. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like? Because, again, volunteers, you got, even though you're not experiencing abuse, mm-hmm. you are – experiencing it with them and you're mm-hmm. walking them through it and it's got to be tough for you for all of you and needing
1: a break every mm-hmm. once in a while so volunteers i'm sure are in need loopie yeah volunteers are you know, always, always welcomed with open arms. Uh, we do have our virtual volunteer information sessions. They're quarterly. So the next one's going to be in January. This is just a like a deeper dive because there's so many different opportunities um, within the organization. And there's only very few that are client facing. Unfortunately, what I think I've run into is that a lot of people want to work directly with clients. But, you know, being the WCA and the confidentiality we very uphold, important. it's yeah. very important to...
0: You have to earn your way to them. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. As you should, yeah.
1: And there is a very um it's a very deep process on how we um, coordinate a volunteer to be within a certain program. But we do have other opportunities that like group volunteering um, for certain things like, you know, we had uh, this wonderful group come out and um, clean the landscaping area of our shelter. And just um, we actually had somebody comment, you know, they were talking to one of our staff members and they're like, wow, it looks really good out here. Mm, And like, just hearing little things like that, you know, you make this place uh, beautiful for their, their home. And then as long also with our downtown facility we have clients uh, frequently visiting there we have members of the community and like helping us keep it nice because we do have a we're growing but we do have a small staff and so really taking those opportunities to help our staff really make make it 100% better Um, there are other opportunities as well and if anybody's interested like please feel free to reach out to us at volunteer at wcaboise.org and I can work with you and we can come up with something, um, especially if you have a group. Um, but other than like we do have other needs as well in the organization. Those are also kind of uh, case by case. We work with our staff members to see what their biggest need is. You know, um, having a shelter and working with clients, the needs change Day to day. Recently, we had, for example, um, we had a new baby who needed a certain kind of formula, but now that formula isn't the the right formula anymore. Okay. So. So little things like that. And, you know, I work with our staff every day to like see what their needs are, what their needs are today. What do we need to add to our wish list? We have our Amazon wish list that. Oh, you do have that. We do, okay, that's yeah. That's perfect. And the Amazon wish list, actually, we started in 2020 because we were like, how are we going to get the what need we need so for high. our clients? Yeah. yeah. And so we've kept that on there. And, you know, some people don't want to shop on Amazon. That's totally fine. You can get it not from Amazon. Bring it in. Um, we do. Have uh, accept donations on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from noon to 4 at the 8th Street side of our 720 West Washington location. Um, along with that, our biggest need is and easiest for all of our clients is uh, gift cards. We, we request like $25 gift cards for gas and groceries or Visa gift cards. Some really great opportunities with that is that we were able to pay like a vet bill for a person's animal um, with a Visa gift card because they weren't able to pay for that. So it was just a really neat opportunity that I don't think a lot of people, you know, you think of gift cards and you're like, ugh. I'd rather give something else, yeah, but no, like but gift cards are huge. Gift, gift cards, cards and huge. cash are always
0: yeah. always the way to go, mm-hmm. especially yeah, because you, mm-hmm. you can use it wherever you need to
1: use it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they go directly to clients. Um, and if there's a need, like at our shelter, say they need, they want to do a little party for the clients that are there, they can potentially use a twenty five dollar gift card to go get, you know, donuts or something for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything is like, we really try to gear everything to. Um, a client centered experience at, at the WCA. So,
0: well, and Lupi, I know that you said you head up the events and Microformulas, which is the sponsor yeah. of our podcast, Intentionally Disruptive. Uh, I'm also the VP of Communications for Formulas. so mm-hmm. that was a great little way to you know kind of combine the two. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were the title sponsor of your um, Women's and Children's Alliance Walk, the virtual mm-hmm. walk that you just had, and mm-hmm. we were one of the sponsors. Um, I, that was what in uh, October, yep. so last month. And what are some of the events? coming up or fundraisers that you would like to talk about and how people can help
1: Um, so one thing we have is our giving tree program it's uh, usually through december Um, like mid-December. It starts the day after Thanksgiving, and it is where we have like gift tree tags of everything that's needed within our shelter, our facilities, um, for our child care. Um, And then it also has certain gift card um, recommendations on there as well. This one is a really wonderful opportunity because it's during, like they do the Boise Tree Lighting Festival, which is, I think, Virtual now. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, is virtual. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Laura's so, giving you the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, I mean, it's still a great opportunity. When you go down to Boise Center in the Grove, you see the big, beautiful yeah. tree. You see all those tags. Those tags actually help us um, get items that we need for the first six months of the year. And so there are a lot of tags, and we do have limited storage, but that's why, you know, throughout the year we kind of work with individuals as they um, to kind of be mindful of their donations. Um, it's not like we don't want to accept it. It's just we really can't. We don't have the space for it, specifically with this big program, which is really awesome. Um, I was actually just talking to some of our managers. I was like, let's update this these tags. We also need it yesterday. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so um, it's just a, it's a really good opportunity because the, the managers that are working directly with clients in the facility, um, it's really our needs for everything to keep our organization going so we can help as many clients as we need. Now, we're going to
0: put this up on our uh, social media on for Intentionally Disruptive, but if you want to give your website and just a way to contact and mm-hmm. be able to donate and kind of know what's going on with Women's and Children's Alliance, could you give that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So our website is wcaboise.org, and you can find um, other ways to support. There's a volunteer tab on there. There's a donate tab. There's our wish list tab on there as well. Otherwise, if you would like, you can either email at Philanthropy at wcaboise.org, or as well, volunteer at wcaboise.org. I'm on both of those email streams, so I'll be happy to have a chat with you if you'd like. Well, ladies, that's all I got. Do you have anything else you want to add? We yeah. Good. No. I
2: oh, think we're just happy we got to be here. I, thank so, you.
1: I'm so <laughs> grateful
0: you both came in. Thank you so much. Also,
1: I just want to say thank you again to Micro Formulas for being a sponsor this year. Oh. It was a really great opportunity. Any to chance a we sponsor. get sponsor, yeah. Any
0: chance we can be involved and help, um, help the community, help you out? We're right there. Call us always. Yay. All right. Um, Coming up next week, we'll continue with the Hashtag Giving Tuesday series with the Royal Family Kids Camp. They are an amazing organization that holds a summer camp for children in foster care. We'll talk to them next week on Intentionally Disruptive. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.